Good morning. Somebody turn the microphone on. That's my fault. That would be you, Mark. Here we go. Good morning. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Glad you're here. Man, the week before Thanksgiving. Anybody thankful? Steve Lick's in the house. First time. Thank you for coming, Steve. Glad to see you here. So what's uh, men's group about? Recovering from recover chicken biscuits? Yeah. Recovering from deer camp. What about that? Best one ever. Best one ever. Yep. I'd have to agree with that. Being there Saturday. It was a good day. It was a good day. Guys, um, you know, in the calendar and schedule of things, it gets busy, especially this time of year. Headed into the holidays, Thanksgiving next week. We will not meet next Thanksgiving here. Certainly welcome to meet somewhere else uh, during the week sometime. Uh, if you'd like to, grab a guy. Uh, Deer Camp, the last one of the year was this past weekend. So Phil will have the schedule for uh, Deer Camps online already for the spring. Go online there if you'd like to uh, participate, sign up for one. Continuing the campaign for funding the last work at Ebenezer Place. Uh, you should have gotten an email on it earlier this week. And let me mention today, since I forgot to mention last week, two-gun tactical. Man, Ricky Davis had the hookup last week. If you weren't there last week, which I see a lot of people that weren't, excellent, wasn't it, Bill? Excellent. <clears throat> yeah, I remember the comment. So we had ribs. And Mark Griffin comes out with this saying from somewhere. I got no idea where he came from. He said, I am fingers deep into my ribs. I don't know that I can write notes when Phil starts teaching. Fingers deep. Well, the rest of us were elbow deep. But you were fingers deep. You were just tiptoeing around in them. But, I mean, it was, Ricky, that was, that was special. Two-Gun Tactical, we have a meeting there once a, once a month. Uh, it's, a, it's a men's coaching group that Phil leads. Uh, just a great place to enjoy fellowship, a little bit smaller setting than this, uh, a little bit more detailed in the teaching going into it. Great group of guys. Encourage you to be there. It's on the mailing list. You'll see it from the email. Let me take just a minute, if I would. Turn to the guy next to you and tell him what you might be thankful for in this Thanksgiving season. Please, just a minute. Somebody build a house on already. 
All right, guys. Thankful. I was telling Phil, thankful for the Savior, Jesus Christ, first. We got somebody that just joined us from Belize. From Belize? Yes. I wonder who that might be. This is what he's doing. Huh. In his hammock. Jeff, welcome from Belize. Welcome. I tell you what, it's rough. Is he at Raymond's also? <laughs> Guys, let me open for the prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of gathering here. We thank you for the breakfast that's provided, the coffee. Lord, I thank you for the men in this room. Most of all, Lord, I thank you for the work you did for me and for the others in the world. Mm -hmm. Without you, we are lost. Mm -hmm. In your name we pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Morning, gentlemen. Morning. Excited to be here on a chilly morning. Um, it's great to be in Mississippi and Lower mm -hmm. Alabama. When summer ends, winter begins. One day you're in flip-flops, and the next day you're trying to find your Under Armour. I'm just glad we don't have deer camp this weekend. It was cold out there last weekend. Guys, I'm excited to offer you a song this morning in hopes that God will awaken your heart and my heart to what he has for us this morning. Love Zach Williams. I think I saw something where Zach Williams is coming to Jackson uh, for a concert. So figure out when that is and show up at Zach Williams' concert. Um, the song, Face to Face, uh, look there on your notes. The words are there on your notes, and you can follow with me. I just want to read just a small portion. Face to Face. Oh, I'm a traveler far from home. I get lost, but I press on. There's a mansion in streets of gold where I belong. Yes, there's a day coming soon where the old will be made new, and heaven's glory shines like the morning before our eyes. When we all see Jesus, when we all see Jesus, no more sickness, no more madness, no more pain, when we all see Jesus face to face. This song is in the context of um, Zach and his band being on the road, and they get the notice of COVID. And he's sharing on this video just before he sings the song, just about life's unexpected circumstances. Of course, we all know in March of 20, uh, 2020, um, life changed from a Monday to a Friday that week. I was in Hawaii, of all places. Bucket trip to Hawaii, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Of course, the girls were oblivious. They, they didn't care, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm going to get stuck over here. I mean, I kind of like Hawaii, but I don't want to live over here. And it just, I was so glad to get on that plane. And in the next week, they shut down all travel in and out of Hawaii. 
So Zach Williams kind of shares a little bit of his own experience and we can all identify because we were all affected by that. But once again, God uh, shows himself to be faithful. Our trust is in him and nothing else. May you hear the voice of God and may he open our hearts to what he has for us this morning. Hey guys, thanks so much for, um, for tuning in today and hanging out with us. Um, just wanted to share a quick word with you guys. Today's March 13th and uh, we woke up this morning on the bus and realized that we were gonna have to reschedule some of our shows of the tour. Um, something that was not a decision that we uh, came by easy, um, but we're in a crazy time right now in our world and I just thought this was so appropriate for today. It says, you don't have to worry about whether your world is under control, God rules. You just have to learn to trust him when his rule isn't evident. There's a scripture here that I found. It said, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. And he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? It's Daniel 4, 34 through 35. You see guys, the rest is not to be found in our control, but in God's absolute rule over everything. You'll never be in a situation, location, or relationship that is not under God's control. Um, the song's called Face to Face, and it's just a, a reminder of what it's gonna be like when we all get to a place where there's no more of this world, no more sadness, no more madness, no more pain, no more hurt. Um, thank you guys, we love y'all. We'll see you guys out on the road.
Bless you guys. Thank y'all so much. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I proclaim that Zach Williams is the Chris Stapleton of Christian music. Just put a cowboy hat on him and grow that beard just a little bit longer. He's Chris Stapleton. <laughs> so cool. Hmm. Be on the alert, stand firm in your faith, act like men, be strong. Words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. We continue, gentlemen, in our series, uh, Lion Maker, and um, a call to personal growth. Um, my prayer, as I've said to you before, as we keep going through the series, is that you will be markedly different, definably different, because you're a little more intentional and deliberate um, about your own personal growth. Uh, being a disciple of Jesus and going and having an impact uh, in the world uh, that we live in, um, that you're making uh, disciples in whatever small way or significant way that God gives you. Every day is an opportunity. Today, you will have opportunity. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I want you to look at your um, handout again. And um, I've been referencing this lion maker declaration that inspired, uh, that I was inspired uh, through uh, Mark Batterson's book that we've been using. Again, if you haven't gotten this and reading this, then um, do it. Chase the lion. If your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. In his book, he writes a manifesto, Lion Chaser Manifesto. I kind of uh, adapted my own, um, and I call uh, what I wrote Lion Maker Declaration. You can read that. I just draw your attention to the very last uh, part of that at the bottom. I will use my gifts 
and brokenness to impact others. And as I've said to you before, I'm gifted as you are gifted. The Bible says we all have been given gifts, but I've seen God use my brokenness, my failures shared openly and vulnerably much more profoundly in the lives of others than my gifts. I think that's the way God intended. Uh, because when, I, when I'm engaged in that kind of activity, it's not about me. I want it to be about me, believe me. I want it to be about me, but it's not about me. It's truly about the healing power of what God's done in my life. And I stand before you as a proud, redeemed, beloved son of Jesus, uh, covered by his grace. So cool. Praise be to God. I will seek to be a brother and a father to other men. I will live in community. I will fight. I'll be the lion. I'll seek to be like Jesus. Will you? Will you? So this morning, um, we enter into a, a session that we're entitling Field of Dream Moments. Field of Dream Moments. So pick up your pen, have three questions for you, and let's go to work. Question number one, as it's been each week, what are your dreams? What are your goals? Um, what are your intentional and deliberate, definable uh, points of growth? And as is on, on there on your outline, and Jeff's going to show, a dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan. And a plan backed by action makes your dreams a reality. Guys, you've got to engage. There, there is nothing that you have done professionally in business without either coming up with a plan or at least signing your name. There's something about, you got to sign your name. I had, had documents that I had to sign this week, you know, keep me out of jail. You know, got to sign. You got to write. You got to write. You got to write. Uh, life is about writing it down. Uh, engage. And then this idea of if nothing else, if you don't feel like that you have much of an ability to influence others, then at least be a disciple. And the idea of being a disciple, uh, at least in a simple way, is looking at the template that Jesus gives us that he grew physically, emotionally, spiritually, and relationally, Luke 2.52. So how are you growing in your EQ, emotional intelligence? How are you taking care of yourself physically? Your body um, is uh, intended to be a stewardship of God. Um, take care of yourself. And then relationally, what relationships need to be repaired? Where do you need to be, uh, as um, Eugene Peterson translates Romans 5, where do you need to be an expression 
of aggressive forgiveness that we call grace. That's the phrase he uses. The aggressive forgiveness we call grace. And then how's your intimacy with God? And I've asked you in that first question, would you share what action you're taking as a result of the series? The opportunities that God gives you unexpectedly every day. Um, and I wanted to ask Mark Griffin. Um, Mark's one of our faithful uh, guys. And Mark's had an incredible opportunity this week that he was telling me about. And I, and I just wanted him to come and share it. And again, you know, these opportunities um, can, can come up so unexpectedly, uh, and they're not always something that um, we um, welcome into our life, but God calls us and gives us an opportunity. Be ready. Good morning. So this week, I received a phone call on my ceasefire cell phone. Uh, a number that I did not recognize, and normally I don't answer those. And, but I did. And it was the sound and voice of a weeping woman, a very distraught weeping woman. And I said, how can I help you? She said, I don't know if I have the right person. She said, but are you Will's boss? I said, Willie Thickpin? She said, yes. I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She goes, he's not coming back. And she was just weeping. And I said, okay. Then she said, he committed suicide this morning. So I spoke to her for several minutes. I was in tears. And guys, he he took his life in front of his wife. They have been having a lot of marital issues. There's obviously a lot of mental health issues going on there. And they got into it Tuesday morning again, and he pulled the gun out and took his own life in front of her. And he leaves two precious little babies behind. So I hung up with her. I'm in desperate tears of my own. He's been with me for two plus years now, great employee, um, was growing and just developing well. And so the first thing in my mind is call my gang of three because I'm hurting. So I did and reached out to them and they comforted and counseled me. And, you know, look, I have a business degree. There's nowhere in business school that they teach you how to deal with this, okay? So two of the men that work for me are pastors. And so I, I said, look, we're gonna have a team meeting first thing in the morning, and I'm gonna talk about what happened. No mask. And I was able to relate to them. I said, guys, I don't speak from education on this. I speak from my own experience. Because guys, we've all had moments or times of loneliness, depression, and for some of us, longer periods of time. So those are those are real examples we get to share with people if you're willing to take the mask off. And it's scary taking the mask off. It is. 
And so we had that time uh, yesterday morning, and then uh, my two preacher employees, um, and I looked at them and I said, guys, we're gonna have a time of prayer, and I said, I'm gonna ask that we hold hands. Now this was about 14 men standing in the parking lot of the hotspot fuel station, whatever, in Gluckstadt, okay? And we did, we locked arms and bound together and we prayed. I didn't know what else to do, but I think it was the best thing we could do. So you know, my encouragement to use this, you gotta be prepared. Okay, I sure, I mean, the only thing I was prepared for was reaching out to my three and getting their counsel. So that's the story. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, man. Be ready. Just never know. Just never know. Not a phone call that anybody wants to get, Mark. Glad you were ready. And again, calling your three guys. Um, just like what they say on the airplane orientation, if that plane goes down and those oxygen masks drop out above your head, what do you do first? Put yours on first. So, um, and then take care of others. Second question I want to ask you. If you could go back to one place where God has done something significant in your life, where would you go? Where would you go? Where, where, where was the place that you first heard the voice of God? Where does that take you when I ask you that question? And maybe not the first place, but a significant place. Why does place make such a difference in our lives? The place where a butterfly lands on your toe. I won't tell that story right now. You know, I ask Ron afterwards. Ron, Ron, Ron will tell you the story. <laughs> but where would where would you go um, in your mind when you first heard the voice of God? I you to write that down, identify that. And again, um, you may have to just write down. Still waiting. Still waiting. It's okay. It's okay. If you write down, still waiting, at least write down, I'm open, Lord, speak to me. And he might even speak to you this morning, right here, right now. Where would that place be? Place is so important. Place, a safe place, a hearing place, a field of dreams place. For many guys I know in this room, um, you could write down at least on some level, Ebenezer place. God helps, that's what Ebenezer means, God helps. And we've seen hundreds of men through the years hear the voice of God in Holmes County, Mississippi. I love that place. I love that place because I see God speaking to men uh, on a given weekend, like this past weekend. 
place is important. Where do you go to hear the voice of God? Third question that I would ask you, why do you think we sometimes have to take the first step before God reveals the second step? Write, write that down. Why do you think it seems like you're stepping off the gangplank? You're stepping off a cliff. Why does God have us take that first step when it seems like there ain't nothing out there but air without a parachute? Write that down. How would you answer that? Just tease it out. So I want to give you a couple of minutes. I want you to turn to your partner and you can share uh, what you wrote down relative to question two and three, or you can talk about football. It's up to you. <laughs> That's right. Right? We can play Rocky Top in the background, you know. All right. Engage with your friend next to you. Question two and question three. I told that story at her funeral. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's continue. I want to remind you again that, you know, conversations like you've just had just in a few minutes is what it means to live in community. 
things that you write in your journal are personal, but they're not private. Things that you write in your journal are personal, but they're not private. To say that again. And what I mean by that is that all healing is relational. And so even the hard things that you write, personal things, confessional things, are best healed when you share those things with a safe, trusted brother, or as Mark said, your three. Again, don't, don't lay your journal out on the coffee table and make it a coffee table book. You know, nobody wants to read that when they come over for dinner. I mean, that would scare them to death. Your journal is personal, but it's not private. So field of dream moments. I should have turned over to 2 Samuel chapter 23. And again, we look at David's three. This is the end of David's life. He's just given um, kind of his last words at the beginning of chapter 23. And then we come down to verse 8. And he, um, the, his three, his three special warriors are identified. This is the listing of David's top men. Joshibas Shebeth, the Takiamite. He was chief of the three. He once put his spear to work against 800, kill them all in a day. Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Ahoyhite, was the next of the elite three. He was with David when the Philistines poked fun at them at Pasdaman. And when the Philistines drew up for battle, Israel retreated. <laughs> they ran. But Eleazar stood his ground and kill Philistines right and left until he was exhausted, but he never let go of his sword. A big win for God that day. And then this is hilarious right here. Then the army then rejoined Eleazar, but all there was left to do was to clean up. Clean up, crew. Aisle three. Aisle three. And then today we look at the third, Shema. Shema, son of Aji, the Aherahite, was the third of the three. The Philistines had mustered for battle at Lehi, where there was a field full of lentils. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like, why would, why would you like even mention, a, and, oh, and by the way, there was a cotton field over there. Uh oh, how about a corn field? This is why Israel fled before the Philistines, but Shema took his stand at the center of the field, successfully defended it and routed the Philistines. Another great victory for God. Just a certain place, any old place, a field of lentils, kind of like a cornfield where you hear the voice of God, where you hear the voice of God. I want you to turn over to Genesis 
chapter 18. Now, this is not in your, I mean, uh, uh, Genesis 28. This is not on your handout. I'm just going to throw it up on the screen. You can follow with that. This, this is one of my favorite passages. I mean, it's a story of Jacob, of course. And, you know, Jacob was mama's boy. You know, my, he listened to mama, stole the birthright um, of his brother. Then his mama told him to go get a wife uh, at his uncle's house. So he went to his uncle's house to get a wife. That means he was going to marry a cousin. If you go to your uncle's house uh, to find a wife, you know, that's the family reunion. That's that's what we do in Tennessee. We marry cousins. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so listen to this. This is this is uh, an amazing story of Jacob where um, in chapter 28, verse 10, listen to this. Um, Jacob left Beersheba and went to Haran. He came to a certain place. He came to a lentil field. He came to a corn field. He came to a cotton field. He just came to a certain place and camped for the night since the sun had set. He took one of the stones there, set it under his head, and lay down to sleep, and he dreamed. A stairway was set on the ground, and it reached all the way to the sky. Angels of God were going up and going down on it. And then God was right before him, saying, I am God, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. I'm giving the ground on which you are sleeping to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be as the dust of the earth. They'll stretch from west to east and from north to south. All the families of the earth will bless themselves in you and your descendants. Yes, I'll stay with you. I'll stay with you. I'll protect you wherever you go, and I'll bring you back to this very ground, to this place. I'll stick with you until I've done everything I promised you. Have you heard God say that to you? In this place, this special place, this sacred place, I will be with you. And Jacob woke up from his sleep, and he said, God is in this place, truly, and I didn't even know it. He was terrified. He whispered. He whispered in awe. Incredible. In your, in your study Bible, the word is typically used awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. Holy. This is God's house. This is the Gentlemen, how does a certain place become an awesome place? You know how a certain place becomes an awesome place? Is when God shows up. When God shows up. I want you to watch this clip. Just a kind of a visual of what it might look like. It's not a lentil field, it's a corn field. And you begin to hear the voice of God. Watch this.
Danny, what was that? What was what? That voice just now. What was it? We didn't hear anything. All right. Okay, you must have heard that. Sorry. <laughs> hey, come on in to dinner. Wow. What is God trying to say to you? And if nobody else hears it, then did it really happen? I'm reading a book by Mark Batterson uh, now, um, a new book. I'd recommend it to you. Whisper, how to hear the voice of God. just want to read just a, a small portion to you. The Hebrew word for whisper, dama can be translated silence or stillness or calmness. Simon and Garfunkel weren't far off with the title of their 1964 hit single, The Sound of Silence. The same Hebrew word is used to describe the way God delivers us from our distress. Quote, he stilled the storm to a whisper, the waves of the sea were hushed. Unquote. And that psalm foreshadows the way Jesus would stop a storm in its tracks with three words, quiet, be still. Whispering is typically employed for the sake of secrecy. No form of communication is more intimate, and it seems to be God's preferred method. The question again is why? Why would God communicate in a whisper? When someone speaks in a whisper, you have to get very close to hear. In fact, you have to put your ear near the person's mouth. We lean toward a whisper, and that's what God wants. The goal of hearing the Heavenly Father's voice isn't just hearing His voice. It's intimacy with Him. That's why he speaks in a whisper. He wants to be as close to you as is divinely possible. He loves us, likes us that much. God speaks and we listen. I believe that scripture is very clear, at least in my head that if you had to sum up the voice of God or what it means to walk with God in one word, as ludicrous as that statement is, how do you sum up walking with God in one word? I think it's listen, because he's always talking. He's always making himself known. Listen. But here's the key, and we get into kind of our outline here. When you have a field of dream moment, 
when you sense God is speaking into your life, and that's what a field of dream moment is. Annie, did you hear that? And Annie says, no. <laughs> well, then, you know, your tendency is, well, I didn't hear it either, did I? But no, it's like tell a trusted friend. Shema found himself in a field of lentils. And that field of lentil became an Ebenezer, a place of victory for God. It was his battlefield. We all need support and accountability. It's so critical that, again, when we write things in our journal, it's very personal. I'm going through this, but we need, as Mark did, three friends. I need help. I want you to watch this and how this works. Because, again, we're using this as a metaphor. He hears the voice of God in the cornfield. He's actually beginning to create a vision of uh, goals, plans, um, actions, reality. And watch what happens. Watch this. All right, all right, all right, all right. This is fascinating. It is. But the fact remains is that you don't have the money to bring the mortgage up to date, so you're still going to have to sell. I'm sorry, Ray. We got no choice. Ray, people will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it. For it is money they have and peace they like. Ray, just sign the papers. And they'll walk out to the bleachers. Sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines. Of their set when they were children and cheered their heroes and they'll watch the game and it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters the memories will be so thick they'll have to brush them away from their faces ray when the bank opens in the morning they'll foreclose people will come ray you're broke ray you sell now or you lose everything the one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good and it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Ray, you will lose everything. You will be evicted.
Wow. Gentlemen, the problem, the challenge in hearing the voice of God is there's always another voice. Always. Always. Enemy's not going to sit back and let you tune in on an FM frequency and think you're going to hear the voice of God clearly. Oftentimes, trying to hear the voice of God is, try, is like trying to listen on the AM frequency down there on the about the 530 end of the dial. And one minute you're hearing beautiful music and the next minute you're hearing somebody yelling at you. It's just in and out, in and out. And it's hard sometimes to tune in and really hear the voice of God. And that's why you need people around you that'll help you stay anchored. When I see that scene, that clip, it's a metaphor for Ebenezer Place. I don't see a cornfield and a backstop and lime on the playing field. I love baseball. I see 22 years ago. 22 years ago. that God gave us a vision to build something where men, hundreds of men over 22 years would hear the voice of God. And guys, I have to be honest with you. I have felt like quitting many times, many times. Denny and I started it together. When Denny died, what am I going to do, Lord? You took, my, you took my brother. You took my partner out. And then shortly thereafter, God brought Roan Hunter into my life. And I love Roan. I love Roan because he loves what I do more than I do. I'm just trying to keep up with him now. Sweet. It's not baseball. It's the lives of men. But gentlemen, if we're going to hear the voice of God, we do have to remember our past. To, to remember our past in the sense of when God called you. When you did hear the voice of God. And he continues to speak. And part of the reason that I've kept going uh, through the years and continue to keep going is because I heard the voice of God say, build it and they will come. Build it, and they will come. I, I can't stop. I don't want to stop, but I couldn't stop if I tried to stop. Because I remember when God has been so faithful, and I believe he's going to continue to be faithful. There's been so many challenges through the years. But men in this room have stepped up. Many. My three, your three, sitting beside you, sitting behind you, sitting in front of you. Thank you, God, for what you've done in the past. The, the word future in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, you can read that when, when the passage says, I have a plan for you to give you a future and a hope. The word future actually means to look backward. It's the idea, if you are trying to get over there, you're actually looking back there, seeing where you've come from and what God has done. It's like being in a rowboat as opposed to a canoe. If you're in a canoe, you just look straight ahead. 
if you're in a rowboat, you're actually saying goodbye to your past, both the hard places and the faithful places of God. And you're remembering that while you're moving toward your destination. That's what the Hebrew word future means, to look backward. You gotta remember your past. And then finally, guys, this last piece, get out of the boat, as Jesus would say. You'll never know. I think Adrian Rogers came up with this phrase or something. You'll never know if you can walk on water if you don't get out of the boat, right? I mean, holy cow. What might God want to do in you and through you if you would just take the first step? Take the first step. Show some courage. Yeah, you may fail, but maybe the failure was God's plan all along. What you think often is plan B is God's plan A. It's like, doggone it, I failed. And God said, yeah, um, but I've got a plan. Get up and quit feeling sorry for yourself and keep moving. Take a risk. Don't be afraid. Field of dream moments that we hear the voice of God are such beautiful moments. But we're all here this morning and he's not done with any of us. Today, you'll have opportunity to be and to go. Be on the alert. Be strong in your faith. Act like a man. Be strong. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for the just the adventure of walking with you. May we hear the sweet, sweet whisper of your voice today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, guys. Have a great Thanksgiving. See you in two weeks.